0: Welcome to Modern Musings, Conversations with the Maiden, Mother, and Crone, where we look at ourselves and the world through the lens of the 21st century. Welcome back. I am your hostess, Cindy Murray, and I'm here with Amber Garvin and Kristen Hessler. Hello. Howdy. And we are presenting today another bonus episode of the podcast, and we are covering uh, the, our continuation of Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. We are talking about chapters seven and eight. I wanted to kick off the chapter seven right where Eckhart Tolle started. Um, the chapter is Finding Who You Truly Are, and he mentions the Temple of Apollo at Delphi, or Delphi, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, uh, on which the inscription is written, know thyself. And um, the worshipers would come to this temple um, to meet with the Oracle. The Oracle lived in some caves um, beneath the temple and people would go there to seek advice. And what he, uh, Eckhart Tolle is talking about is, that before you can ask any question, this is what the, what this inscription meant was that before you can ask a question of the Oracle, you really need to know yourself. So, um, first ask that fundamental question, who am I? And that is kind of one of the things we've been talking about, uh, these last few months on, uh, this book is, is, finding out who you really are and beneath the ego and all the other things that are going on. And he goes on to talk about, and then I thought this was really interesting that what matters to you is not necessarily what you say or believe. Um, we all kind of give lip service to, to certain things. Um, but it's really your actions and reactions that reveal what's really important to you. And I have run across this a lot in my daily life, in working my one little word, in using my planner, in, um, working in my power sheets and setting my goals. Often I will set goals that I tell myself are important to me, but the fact that I don't act on those goals, I don't act on those plans, is a real indication that, uh, maybe they aren't so important to me after all, because if they were important to me, I would make time for them. Right. Um, do you, do you guys find that to be true as well? Um,
1: uh, yes and no. I mean, just because you, I mean, life happens, right? Just because you don't, necessarily like I mean you try to make time and then life happens so I mean that does that doesn't mean that they're not important to you it just means that other things get in the way
0: but that doesn't that infer that those other things are more important that you let them get in the way well
1: I mean it really depends on you're down the
0: road and you get a flat tire you're not
1: choosing Exactly. Well, but, but, perfect, the, but the perfect point analogy. is, if, if
0: you were in, if let's say it's your wedding day, and you're driving down the road and you get a flat tire, but it's your wedding day and you got to make it to that church, would you stay and change the flat, or would you just flag down any vehicle and get your butt to that church? It well,
1: really it depends would depend on, on the how situation. Late I
0: was. Yeah. So, so, but that's my point is that like you where would, are
1: you flag? Like if you're in the middle of nowhere, you know what I mean? You right, can't.
0: Right. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I'm not assuming that you're in the middle of nowhere. We're assuming that, you know, just under normal circumstances, wouldn't you try to get to the church well, on of time? of course, yes. Yeah. So, so if you're going to let those things get in the way, then obviously those things are more important for whatever reason mm-hmm. than the... The goal that you set, or whatever. And you For just me, have to reevaluate and, your goals. Well, I think so too. And that's kind of where I was going with that. Okay, but okay, that, okay. <laughs> I've decided because I got a flat, I'm not going to get be, be getting married today. <laughs> it, but, uh, I was I'm reevaluating
2: this situation. We're reevaluating
1: was... the goals of getting married. Obviously, I got a flat. That means <laughs> uh, that uh,
2: it's not going to work it's out. It's not going to yeah, work
1: out because a from sign above, right. from above <laughs> that we got no, a flat. I was thinking more in
0: terms <laughs> Terms of like uh, on the, in this example, um, say I set a goal to not eat fast food. Okay, and yet I keep going back and eating fast food. So obviously, <laughs> my desire for the fast food is more important to me than, than that losing weight or whatever it it's was to get rid. Not of Not
2: necessarily that's more important to you. It's that your willpower is not strong enough.
1: That too. I, well, I, found, I think it's I, a combination I find that, of those. I, find both I mean, of that's that what Tolly is
0: saying is that <laughs> that you can see really what matters to you the most by your actions. That you can give things lip service all that you want, but it's the things that you do that mm-hmm. tell the truth mm-hmm. about who you are and mm-hmm. what's more important to you. You know, that's
2: interesting you say that. So my friend, who's married, mm. she's been married quite a lot longer than me. And um, her husband, bless his heart, uh, he would go and get their food, like restaurant takeout or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's a very particular eater. And uh, so she would have, you know, a little bit more challenging order than some people would. I'm like, give me a number eight and blah, blah, blah. I'm easy. I want everything just the way it comes. But hers was, you know, none of this, none of that, this on the side, blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) it was, it's like the same thing all the time. So they would go eat at the same fast food place and he would go get her order, but it was always wrong. And she was like, you know, why is it that you always get my order wrong? And he always would say, I'm sorry. And she would say, no, if you were sorry, you would try to get it right.
0: Right. You would remember what the way I like it. Right.
1: Well, I mean, if they've been and married and he's doing the same order over and over, every week, every week, every week, you, would, every think week, every week would, you would think that he
0: would remember, right? Yeah. And that
2: was her her reasoning is that if you were truly sorry, sorry, you would not continue to allow the mistake to happen, right. You know, I there's you know you there's two sides to that story, um, yeah, of course. Uh, But that just made me think of that because I can see where some people, you know, their actions do show their true intention, what's important to them. Well, and
0: that goes back to the thing. Not saying that he was
2: purposefully sabotaging her meal,
0: right? But but he wasn't trying to get it right either because he could take more active steps to get it right by checking it, going back, putting her. Putting her common order on his phone so he could that look too. at it every time. Right. Writing it down on a piece of paper, whatever, every, so that it was the same every time. So um, he's yeah. not, yeah, he's, he's not intentionally getting her order wrong, but he's not trying to get it right either. Mm-hmm. So, so that is the thing of the intentions. Um, the, but th- more importantly, Eckhart Tolle is talking about, you know, what, what you you may want to look more closely at the things that are really important to you because sometimes we delude ourselves by thinking that this is what's important to us this is what's important to us but we don't show that through our actions and um and then also he he asks. What are the things that upset or disturb me? Because those are things that are important to you as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and he points out that the world always makes sure that you cannot fool yourself for long about who you really think you are That's because so it true. shows you what truly matters to you. And mm-hmm. I have found that to be true too. Yeah, very true. Um, or, or, and and sometimes when you don't know who you are or what is important to you, um, things happen to show you who you are and what is important to you. Yeah, so you um, find out, yeah, right, very and quickly. This came to me uh, through COVID, um, and we've talked about this multiple times um, through my one little word, through some different things. There, um, lots of lots of the podcasts. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this, where. I was going through the, the word clarity for one year for my one little word, because I wanted clarity about what it was I really wanted and what I wanted to do with my life. And then I did the word explore and, you know, I was exploring my options and things like that. And it wasn't until COVID happened and I was stuck at home uh, you know, kind of sort of pseudo quarantining with my mother and my niece and my husband. And we're all in this one house and I couldn't see my children, um, because we weren't visiting with people outside of our home because we didn't want to bring COVID into the house. And I realized how important those interactions with my kids were and how important my interactions with my friends were, um, and what I really wanted out of my life. And, and COVID really brought that to focus for me. And I I I guess it's kind of like looking on the bright side of COVID because that helped me get to that. But um, I really, I, the universe showed me what mattered to me through that. I, I really believe that. Have y'all had a similar um, experience with that, with the um. world or the universe showing you i mean who you de- really are.
1: definitely um covid was a struggle and um yes uh definitely covid showed me exactly what i wanted out of life being stuck at home with my ex-husband and in quarantine it showed me a lot of things about myself that I had been too busy to realize Mm -hmm. because
0: I worked 12 hours a day right?
1: and I'd come home and sleep and go back to work.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, it's, um, that's interesting. I was thinking about, uh, you know, we just did our annual reviews at work a few months ago and, um. A lot of times whenever they – you have, like, interviews or you have to introduce yourself um, or annual reviews, sometimes people ask you, like, who – what's your passion or who motivates you mm-hmm. or do you have a hero? And I have always, even growing up as a kid, when we had to say who our hero was, I never had a hero. And I never really had any person in particular that I looked up to. And – um. I always, uh, never could tell you, like, anything of, like, what I was passionate about. It's like, I don't know, like, obviously everyone has something they're passionate about, but I literally couldn't give you anything that I was passionate about. I, looking back, I can't think of anything in particular. Like, oh, I was enthusiastic, but I don't think there was ever anything that I was passionate about. Um... And that's you know kind of enlightening to look at that and like think hmm wait did was I not living like passionately for
1: anything uh, maybe you know maybe yeah I don't know, yeah. Yeah. I don't be, know. really
0: I we had this similar conversation with Travis mm-hmm. a while back when we were doing some goal setting and stuff and and he he had to stop and think what am I what's important to me and mm-hmm. and uh, but that's exactly where I was. Um, you know, before the onset of COVID, I punch really in, punch out. Yeah. I I really was. I was like, what what is important to me? What do I want? And I just I couldn't answer that. So, um, I think it's good to take some time and explore that and really know who you are mm-hmm. and and maybe take a look at the things that bother you and the things that make you passionate and the things that you're actually doing because those Mm -hmm. are the things you know if you're if you're just perfectly happy sitting down watching tv that you know that's fine but if you are really trying to work every day trying to get to that point where you can sit down with your cross stitch or whatever it is that you want to do then that might be something that's important to you so um so i thought that was important to, to kind of talk about. And, um, he also talks about who you are is also intimately connected with how you see yourself treated by others. And I found that to be very enlightening as well, because for a large part of my life, I have been heavily invested in making myself be seen by others as Um, not say putting on airs, but, but I, I was really, I wanted to make sure that people saw me in the best light. I didn't want people to think poorly of me. And so, um, I wanted to be the best person I could be for them, not for me, but for, for the other people, I wanted them to say, to look at me and say, wow, she's so beautiful. She's got it all together. She's She's raising a great family. She's Mm -hmm. smart. She, you know, her house is spotless, you know, all those things. And, um, and if I felt mistreated by other people in some way, um, you know, and particularly with my parents or, or whatever, if I felt that anything they did was unfair, then that changed how I felt about myself. Mm -hmm. So, so who you are really is intimately connected with how you see that because a lot of people go through their life feeling offended that they don't get the attention or the recognition that they deserve. And I'm, I'm actually going to talk about that a little further, uh, I think in one of the, the later parts of the next chapter. But, um, I just kind of wanted to bring that out to, to right now because, it is part of who you are. Um, if, if you're always getting offended because people are not seeing you the way you think you need to be seen, maybe you need to look a little closer at that because there's something there. It's telling you that that's something important. Um, he, he also talks about abundance in, and as he's progressing through um, this chapter, you know on on finding who you truly are he he goes on into this um little section about abundance and this was also something that um got it really pointed some things out to me and especially because this year is my word is now and now is all about and a lot of Eckhart Tolle's teachings are about appreciating what is in the present moment, accepting what is right now. And so, um, he, he talks about acknowledging the good that is already in your life. Um, and you have to acknowledge what's good in your life in order to have abundance. You cannot have abundance without appreciating what you already have Mm -hmm. and a lot of us go through always wanting more wanting more without really appreciating what we already had and um, Kristen and I were talking about this a moment ago Um, he he encourages you to try something Uh, he says try this for a few weeks and see how it changes your reality whatever you think people are withholding from you so this goes back to getting recognition, Um, not getting the recognition or or whatever, praise, appreciation, assistance, loving care, whatever. Um, give it to them. You give that to them. Um, if you don't have it act as though you do, and then give it to those people. And, and he says, just wait and see what happens. Um, and there's something about, it's like, um, um, you have to give money to make money. You have to give love to receive love. Yes, Amber. Well,
1: um, I uh, that just kind of resonates with me because um, definitely um, I was having a problem with uh, an acquaintance. And... They were, you know, not being very kind. (laughs) So I decided, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be kind to them Mm -hmm. and see what they do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was going to be so kind that whatever, however they were going to treat me, it didn't even matter anymore. Right,
2: right. Right. So here's how that works. If someone is, for whatever reason, like rude to you all the time, if you fight it back by being rude, you give them reason to be rude to you. You are feeding you give them the satisfaction. You are feeding that, right? their that, belief want that you deserve to be treated rudely. So they're yeah. like, oh, God, yeah, she's so rude. I'm going to be rude to her more. So it if, goes on to the doing to they're others. If they are rude mm-hmm. to you, it does. Right. If they're rude to you and you are kind to them and then you are continually kind to them, even without them even having a chance to be rude to you, if you just go up to them and be kind to them, Mm -hmm. then they have to look internally at themselves and be like, oh, man, I'm being rude to this nice person. Right. And that's how you literally kill that with kindness. Yeah, you're you're killing it with
0: kindness. Yeah. And And that and as Amber says, that that does go back to the golden rule, um, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And and that is absolutely, positively true, you know, and that's that's what he's talking about. So try that. And he says, become a giver. And when you look at a situation, you you ask yourself, what can I give here? How can I be of service to this person, to this situation? And that abundance only comes to people who already have it. So you can't have abundance without realizing that you already have abundance. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this actually, um, it did, I didn't get this from Eckhart Tolle, but I did get this um, before that. I, um, after having my cancer diagnosis and, and um, that was five years ago and well it's almost 6 years ago now and you know living through that it it taught me to appreciate the the things that i have and the simple things and even more than that then you know going through covid and and using my one little word now it, every little bit takes me a little closer to that uh realization that that happiness that you are always looking for, it's within you. And I never understood that as a child. I, and I think I have a blog coming up where we discuss that, It you know, that, that thing about happiness comes from within is, is really very true because you cannot anyone who has abundance realizes what their abundance is. And the minute that you realize that what you have is abundance then you have abundance. So um, I really, really believe that abundance only comes to those who already have it. And the more abundance you have, the more you will receive.
2: I really like how he's basically talking about manifesting
0: without using the word manifesting. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's totally true. Totally true. He is. Um, Did didn't you say something about money? With that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so money is, uh, it's energy. It's a considered a form
2: of energy and some thought because money isn't really like a thing. It's just something that you use to get something else or make something right. happen, right? So it's kind of like charging your phone. Uh, you know, it's a power <laughs> uh-huh. a power source. Okay. So um, with money, just like energy um water if it stays in the same place without moving it gets stagnant it gets stale Mm -hmm. yes right you get nasty creek water that doesn't move it starts growing stuff it Mm -hmm. gets nasty right so energy money same thing it has to come in it has to go out think about someone who gets money but then they don't pay their bills they're right. not going to get more money. Their money's not going to grow
0: right. if you're holding on to your money. Right. You you're have not... to put it into investments or whatever or Well, and just I mean even it. literally
2: yeah. like if you don't pay your bill, they're going to charge you more. In essence, oh, it right. costs more. Right. Like
0: it literally
2: you lose money by not paying your bill. Right. So, when you receive money, you have to give it back. And that's also one of Dave Ramsey's um things is you get your money and then you pay everyone you pay yourself and you pay everybody you pay your bills you take care of those things you're supposed to do you put the money back out you give to Mm charity you know you make charitable charitable contributions or whatever yes you use that energy literally your body is the same way you cannot consume a bunch of energy drinks and then try to force yourself to be still, to be still. Yeah. <laughs> you will torture yourself. Well,
0: and energy is not stagnant. That is the, that's the ab, one of the absolute truths about energy. Energy is always Moving. flowing. It's in motion. It, um, it causes motion in the things around it and, and it's transferred and transmuted and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I really, I liked that part. I thought that was really interesting. Um, And then he goes on about knowing yourself and knowing about yourself, not being the same thing. So you may not want to know about yourself because maybe you're afraid of what you might find out. And I've, I've kind of wondered that myself too. Do I really want to know what I really think or what I really feel? Or am I really not as nice a person as I think I am? Um, A lot of, a lot of us have that and many people have that secret fear that they are, actually bad you know because we have selfish thoughts or whatever um but he said that nothing you can find out about yourself is really you so even if you find out about yourself and you find out you're you. bad it doesn't define you yeah. it is nothing you can know about you is you so um don't be afraid to do that deep dive and find out who you are, what it is you want. And, and, and also, you know, don't be defined by those ego patterns, you know, let go find what you really matters to you and things like that. Um, and this goes back to another lesson he talked about. Um, there was a philosopher and spiritual teacher, and I am going to kill this name, I'm sure. J. Krishnamurti, I think is how it's pronounced. And um, he had been on these lecture series and he was followed by many, many students and so on and so forth. And they all wanted to know what his secret was for having such a great spiritual outlook or whatever. And towards the end of his lecturing and stuff, he, he finally said, this is my secret I don't mind what happens. And that is one of the real, I think, secrets of being present in the now and accepting what is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't <laughs> mind that your plans got derailed and you just go with it, um, you know, that is, you know, don't label anything mentally as good or bad. It, it just happened. It is and my philosophy of life
1: yeah just accept always what move it is.
0: forward accept it right and um and so it is yeah, what it is really it is so he, he and he goes on to say that only if you resist what happens then you're at the mercy of what happens and i, I want to talk about that a little bit um the world will determine your happiness or unhappiness if you if you resist what happens You are at the mercy of what happens and the world will determine your happiness or unhappiness. Now I know, I don't know about you, but I don't want the world determining my happiness or unhappiness. I want to be in charge of my unhappiness or my happiness. I don't want unhappiness. I only want happiness. And I want to be the one who says I'm happy. So And this goes back to that thing in childhood. Everybody always tells you happiness comes from within. And I never understood how somebody could say happiness comes from within because I would look around at my life and go, things don't make you happy. You make you happy. You make you happy. And I never understood that because no one ever really explained it in the right ways that I thought that that happiness comes with from within. I was always searching for happiness and I'm thinking, you know, and I'm talking as a child, as a teen, as a younger person that I'm looking at my situation in my life and going, well, I can't be happy because my Mm -hmm. life sucks. And then you just beating yourself up about it because you can't, magically
2: you, make yourself you can't happy.
0: magically make yourself happy and you you tell yourself okay i'm going to be happy you can't get happy by saying okay i'm going to be happy um you have to it the happiness comes from accepting what is not minding what happens i don't mind what happens
2: right because if yeah. you get that flat tire on the way to your wedding you can still get married
0: Right. Yeah, You can still have happily ever
2: after. The wedding is just a ceremony. Right. It's just that one moment during the day. Oh my gosh, like that was the fastest day of my life. It was like boom, 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 it's over, you right. know? And mm. there's the whole rest of my lifetime after that. Right. So if you were like 15, 20 minutes late, it's not going to ruin it.
0: It's it not going little... to ruin that perfect day. It's yeah. not. And, and we learned that through your wedding. I mean, obviously things were not perfect. She got, got
1: what is a perfect day?
0: Kristen got married. Kristen got married during COVID, you know, and, um, and, and things, you know, things went awry. We got to the wedding venue with a plan to set up and um, half of the people weren't there to help us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so we had to call everybody. Hey, where are you? And. And then we started setting things up and we realized that we had left some of the equipment at home and my husband had to drive back and go get it. And then when he did and we set it up and tried to make it work, it didn't work. And... But none of the guests even <clears throat> noticed. Nobody noticed. And it wasn't no. what, what, yeah. well, when we When we tried to hang the chandelier, the place where we wanted to hang the chandelier, we couldn't do it. And so we had to put it somewhere else and it wound up being beautiful right where it was and nothing. Oh, and the, and the cake, the cake got delivered without all the flowers on it. And they didn't even bring the flowers that they were supposed to put on it. They left them at the bakery So we had to make do with flowers that we had. Already on hand. Already on hand. I decorated my own wedding cake. She decorated her own wedding cake. Yeah, (laughs) decorate on the
1: fly. And
0: and so we did, you know, everything. And, And it really was. It was just a blur. But it was probably the most beautiful wedding I have ever attended
2: i forgot all of that stuff didn't happen the way it was supposed to no yeah, yeah i not mean, it, it was, was crazy. a very I forgot all about that. it was a very
1: awesome wedding like lots of great things
2: yeah. but regardless you know that it was beautiful or not it that is you know that's just an example it was these things just are passing in time yeah, and they happen this, and then they're over this and too then you shall move pass on. <laughs> yeah and then you just you move on and um like I said I forgot about all of those things I never even registered like oh my gosh my day's not going right you know oh it's just ruined you know I don't even it, think that way no
0: not at all um
2: and that's really uh I think you know sometimes people like get overwhelmed and they blow up about things like that the details the small details I'm, I'm more, I have that day where everything just, you know, we talked about this on <laughs> Luck of the Irish. I, I have one of those things where like the day just is like, I start off on the wrong foot or something and it's just one thing after the other. And I try not to continue that throughout my day. Like, oh, I'm just having a crap day or whatever. I try not to do that because the rest of the day is fine. Right why carry the discomfort of that moment through the rest of the day? It doesn't define the rest of my day.
0: Right. Right. Live in the moment, be present in the Mm -hmm. moment, enjoy what is. And that's what we, that's exactly what we did with the, with the wedding. We, you know, the, the little back photo backdrop thing behind the cake didn't work. So we did something different and, and it was beautiful and we just accepted it and moved on and, I just thought that was really, um, you know, we didn't resist the problems. We didn't keep trying to fight with the the little thing. You know, First if we have kept, whatever. we could have wasted it's hours over. trying to make that thing work and it could have fell over and crushed the cake, you know, or whatever, you know, just things didn't, didn't work, you know, so we just moved on. And same thing with our Christmas um, this past year, because we had the construction going on and I couldn't decorate my tree and everything. And we didn't have a dining room table because it was in the garage and covered up by everything else that I had moved out to the garage for the construction. And, but we made this beautiful, wonderful Christmas out on the back porch because the weather was beautiful. We just accepted what was and made the best out of it. And I think it was probably one of the most fun Christmases we've had in a long time because it was just it was perfect Whimsical. and wonderful, yeah. just the way it uh-huh. was. Yeah, you and can't
2: go on saying it's just not Christmas because so and so is not here, or because we didn't do this, or we don't have a right. tree, right, or something. I know we had talked about that during. Um, yeah, we talked we about, talked that about a while loss
0: at. and grief during the holidays yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, that's that's the lesson there is to just be in the present moment, um, and he. Tolley talks about being, he he says the most important, the primordial relationship in your life is your relationship with now. And, you know, now is my word of the year. And oddly enough, in March, our prompt for word of the year was to have a conversation with your word. And it was to, you know, these questions were asked and I would answer the question and then I used my word as though my word was a being, my word would answer the question. And it was very enlightening to me to do that and to share what my word would tell me if my word could talk to me about now. And, and it was all about enjoying what's here, being fully present in the moment and those, that is so much. Once you've decided that um, you are ready to live in the present and accept the present moment and let it be your friend, then it's, it doesn't matter what happens. Life will become friendly to you. Once you accept what is, then everything Everything is acceptable, acceptable. it's all you're all better for it. you're you're more abundant you know, or you have mm-hmm. more abundance, I guess I should say. Um, he talks about you know life it if you can accept the present moment, then life becomes friendly towards you. People become more helpful, circumstances more cooperative. That one decision changes your entire reality. and I know we've talked about this before. Um, Amber had talked about negative people and why do these bad things keep happening to me? And it's that whole attitude of, you know, the, this person has that negativity in them and they radiate that negativity. But once you accept your present circumstance, once you accept now and you live in the now and you are friends with what is now, then that negative that negative flow goes away. It everything changes. And like you, uh, sometimes I feel like people um,
1: like to live in that negativity.
0: Oh, I think so to, too to
1: get especially get attention. Oh
0: yes, and we'll I talk mean, we will talk about that in the next the next chapter. He talks about that. That's yeah. an egoic thing. Um, that, you know, that it, it's just really, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of different things that people do like that, Mm -hmm. that are part of the ways that the ego, um, keeps itself relevant or whatever. He also talks about the stronger your ego, the more time takes over your life. And I think I have been guilty of this very often. So almost every thought you think is concerned with the past or the future. This is the egoic state. You are always worried about your past. Your sense of self depends on your past for your identity. And then it looks to the future for fulfillment Um, So it, your ego takes its identity from who you were, what you've done, what has been done to you. And it thinks that it's only going to be fulfilled by whatever is ahead. And that's totally not true (laughs) because once you become in the now, then you, you realize that you can be fulfilled right now. You are fulfilled and your identity has nothing to do with those things in your past. So, um, he, he talks about the ways that the ego treats the present moment, because like I said, the ego is friendly with the past and the future. The ego hates the now. And he says that the ego will treat the present moment as a, either a means to an end I'm getting through now to get to whatever is ahead of me, or it is an obstacle that I have to get through. I've got to get through this horrible day so I can go home and be happy. I've got to get through this horrible work, whatever, or, you know, that that my happiness will come after I've gotten through whatever this is or that the present is your enemy. It, you know, a lot of people um, treat the present as their enemy. this, this is just beating me up. It's terrible. It's all now. And you can never fully be here if you're always trying to be elsewhere. So, um, if you're always trying to be in the past, if you're always trying to be in the future where things are better, then you can never fully be present. You've got to let go of all of that. And there's, there is only ever this moment The one that you're in right now. Life, life is always now. Your entire life unfolds in this constant now. So even past or future moments only exist when you remember them or you anticipate what's going to happen in the future. So if you go by direct evidence only, then there is no time And the now is all there ever is. I thought that was really, and I've, I've kind of been saying this for a, for a while now, because obviously I read this book a year ago and I'm rereading it for this discussion. Um, and that was why I chose the word now as my word this year. So, um, because it kept coming up and that, those, that thing about your, the, the past does not exist. And we've talked about that previously um, on these Tali um, podcasts also, that the what you are calling your past is really only a figment of your imagination. It is a construct created by your brain. And you may or may not remember it correctly. And we talked about that as well. And then your future does not exist because Mm -hmm. you haven't gotten there yet. Right. It's... Your future is only what you imagine is going to happen. So really the only time that there is, is now. This very moment right here. You know, we are sitting here recording this podcast. This is our reality. This is now. And enjoy this now. And I look at that. um, It has really changed the way I look at things like, Uh, Today was not a good example, but a lot of times um, when I'm in my car and I'm sitting at a stoplight that's taking forever, I have started telling myself, no rush. I can wait for all those cars to drive by. I'm not in a hurry. I'm just enjoying my pleasant drive. I'm here now. And that has when I can remember to do that, it really has taken the stress out of driving, off of me trying to get to where I'm going mm-hmm. in a hurry or whatever. Um, I'm just enjoying where I'm at right now, and that is I I do have to remind myself, but Tolly tells us that if we keep doing that over and over and over again, if every time we catch ourselves in the past in the future or trying to rush things along or whatever, if we just stop and enjoy, appreciate the now, Mm -hmm. then eventually that will become our habit and you will just be living in this moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, I think it's a really hard thing because we're, we're preoccupied with the past and the future, but, um, you know, we, I don't even know why I are, we're, we're obsessed with being happy and there's an old saying, um, that says there are two ways of being unhappy, not getting what you want and getting what you want is the other. Mm hmm. So, you know, because once you get what you want, sometimes it's not you really... You just want the next thing. You just want the next thing, or it, it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. How
2: many of us are at work, and all we're thinking about is, I can't wait till I get home? Yeah. You know, or how many times on Monday are we like, I can't wait to get till Friday, and right. you work... There's more days of the work week than there are the weekend. Right. You know, for those of us who work Monday through Friday, you spend the entire Monday through Friday waiting and anticipating and being excited and desiring Friday evening and Saturday. And then you spend all of Sunday going, "Oh, the weekend's over. I have to go to work." Tomorrow. You know, that <laughs> reminds me that mm. reminds
0: me of a Um, Dave Ramsey, we talk about him all the time, but I love him. He's so awesome. Um, he has a saying one time, uh, a little meme that he did on Instagram. And it was, if you spend Monday through Friday or whatever, waiting for the weekend, maybe you need to rethink what you're doing Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So you know, maybe you're not but doing the right thing. Also, but when you
2: think about like when work is really, really busy and you're just concentrating on work, the day goes by so much faster. Right. It's than it's, if you're just sitting there going, Ugh.
1: yeah. If you're yeah, sitting I'd there, rather focused have on... a busy work than yeah. mm-hmm.
0: If you're if you're yeah, busy, focus. If you're focusing on hurry up and getting through it and to what's gonna happen in the future, you're not appreciating the work. Mm -hmm. You're not appreciating what you're doing right now, but if you focus on what you're doing right now, that time goes by so much faster. And then you're constantly living
2: in the scarcity of enjoyment. Right. Of happiness. That's where that happiness is within you. Happiness is happening
0: right now. You have to just live right now. If you start to appreciate the things that are happening right now, this very moment, like we're sitting here doing a podcast. I'm, I thoroughly enjoy myself sitting right, here right. when I'm doing these podcasts, I am not thinking about anything except sitting here, right. Having know, this
2: having this conversation
0: yeah. and, and we are in the now right now. And, and I have so much enjoyment from that, but you know, so if I'm sitting in traffic and traffic is terrible, just appreciate being in my car with the air conditioner on and listen to the radio. Enjoy that radio song that's on or listen to <laughs> I know.
2: have actually rolled up to my house and stayed in the car because I was really enjoying my podcast. Right. You're enjoying the now. And I've
0: done yeah. that, too, with Dave Ramsey or a, so- a great song. Or- I, I usually,
1: yeah, I do that with uh, songs. Like, I'll sit in the car for a few moments, especially if it's a song that I hadn't heard
0: in a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At NPR, I like to watch, listen to a lot of NPR stories and... Yeah. Same kind of deal. So, um, so that's a good point there. And, um, pausing mm-hmm. for a second, cause I want to just read through this, to figure out where to go.
2: I know, I keep doing like this because my tailbone is hurting. Oh, yeah. I was actually just thinking the other day, I was like, wow, my tailbone hasn't hurt in a long time. It hurts right now. But I also, I think it's back related. I don't think it's my tailbone. Because mm. that day that I went home and I was really tired and I slept
0: mm-hmm.
2: a lot Thursday night.
0: Yeah. Cause it then you hurt again afterwards. I was afterwards. laying in bed and I got a cramp in my back. Oh. Yeah. And. My back was spasming. spasming. yeah. And then
2: Friday I had back pain and I was sitting uh, at my desk and I was like, oh my God, does it doesn't matter how I sit. And I kept doing like, so I think my tailbone is related to the discomfort. Yeah. There's something related with the back because my back hurts.
0: Probably but, need an adjustment.
2: Yep. I probably sat on a crappy <clears> chair at work.
0: Or you sit leaning a certain way well, or I something.
2: Well, I think because we have all these plethora of chairs, I got one that leans back because I like to mm-hmm. get the weight off my hips, but this one seems to lean on one side in the front. It does, and mm. I was like,
0: mm, I think. What that, time are What time We're are, at are 50
2: we Fifty
1: three minutes. Okay,
0: we need to. I, we've only covered one chapter, so yeah, we yeah. need to. Yeah. Move on to so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get one. get us moving again, real quick. Okay, I'll cut. There's a bunch that's gonna get cut out though, because we paused several times. Eight kind of short too, I think. Yes, it is. Eight is a lot shorter. Okay here I am. So, so finding that happiness within yourself, you know, is it or in the now or whatever. And, you know, a lot of people believe that they are dependent on what happens for happiness. So they're looking, um, they look at the present moment and it's either marred by something that happened or shouldn't have happened or it's deficient or whatever, but, but you're, you're not, they're not catching the, the perfection that is life itself. Being alive is a, a truly remarkable thing and just enjoying that joy of being is what he calls it, um, which is the only true happiness, can't come to you through form. Um, you can't get it from a possession, achievement, from another person or an event or anything that happens. Joy cannot come to you ever. It comes from the formless dimension within you, uh, from the consciousness itself. And it's one with who you are. So the only way you can be happy is to be present and to appreciate what is. And, um, he says that a powerful spiritual practice is to allow the, um, Allow the dis- diminishment of your ego. And so instead of, you know, when something happens that uh, upsets you or whatever, don't retaliate or defend yourself. Do nothing. And this goes back to another teaching of Christ. I, I believe it was um, to turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, when you do that, you are just allowing what happens to happens. And he says, this doesn't mean that you have to invite a, abuse or turn yourself into a victim, but, um, you, you should just let the moment pass. You know, if somebody reaches out and slaps you or whatever, just, just let it be. Don't. Right go further because like I was talking about earlier about being rude. Don't feed it. Don't feed, feed it. Rude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so then he moves into the next chapter, which is all about discovering your inner space. And this one is a, uh, I feel like it was a much shorter chapter. Um, and he talks about continues the thought of d- not to resist. Don't judge. Don't make attachments, um, to, any kind of forms or anything that's happening just let it be be free of that and um once you see and accept the transience of all things and the inevitability of change then you can enjoy the pleasures of the world while they last without fear or of loss or anxiety about the future. And this to me goes to like the seasons, the changing seasons. Don't, um, what, don't be fretting about here. You know, it's winter time and, um, you know, Kristen and I were talking about this earlier in the winter. We're sitting here longing for the summer, um, because we're cold. And in the summer we're longing for the winter because we're hot but just appreciate what is right there and all things have a season appreciate the spring flowers while the spring flowers are there appreciate the rain while it's raining and and be grateful that we have this rain to soak the earth and when it's dry be appreciative that it's not muddy outside you know there's there's so many ways to to get that appreciation And once you accept that, then you don't worry about, oh my gosh, winter's coming, you know. Um, You know winter is coming, but you're appreciating the fall and the turning of the leaves or whatever. And then when winter comes, you will appreciate the snow or the, um, the beautiful snowflakes or the crystal blue skies. And so just appreciate what is. And he says, if you can appreciate those things, like just listening to the sound of the rain or the wind, have you ever done that? Just, oh, I love that. I know it's a beautiful sound, isn't it? I
2: actually, we have our new house we live in, we have really, really tall trees, and never in any of the houses I've ever lived in had large trees. They've all been really small or mm-hmm. no trees. And I like just sitting there um, listening to the wind blowing the
0: trees because it almost sounds like waves. Oh, yeah. I, I love listening to the rain. I love that, uh, when, it's a, when it's a slow rain and there's, um, you know, not a, a, a storm or whatever, that mm-hmm. just kind of that spring. I love just listening to that sound. And, and he talks about if you can listen to the rain – or the wind, or you can see the beauty of clouds moving across the sky, I love to watch clouds too. Um, or if you can just be alone without feeling lonely, that means that you a space has opened inside of your being, that, that you are actually without ego at that point. You are just appreciating now. Um, and the same thing is if you can feel heartfelt kindness towards a stranger without wanting anything from them in return, then that too, that's that true giving. um, And that is also that space that has opened up. That is without ego. If you can truly be kind to someone without wanting anything from them, then that is not your ego that is reacting. So he says, just be aware of all these little quiet things, be still, look, listen, be present. And the ego, by contrast, the ego is always asking, how can I make this situation fulfill my needs? And, or how can I get some other situation that will, fulfill my needs. So the ego is always trying to fulfill its needs, but the presence, the presence asks, how do I respond to the needs of this situation of this moment? So I, I think that's a kind of an interesting contrast. Um, and I, and I think about it in going back to offering kindness to a stranger. If you can offer that kindness to that stranger, you are looking at that person and saying, how can I help this person without wanting anything in return? And, but the ego would say, if I do something nice for that person, then he might do this for me. Or if I do something nice for this person, then those people will see that I did something nice and they'll think better of me. So there's, there's that mm-hmm. distinction. Or I'm not going
2: to do something nice for this person because they're just going to turn around and abuse it. Yes. That's also. That you know, is totally. Reciprocal. yeah,
0: And, um, and he's, you know, so you're finding your inner space is really finding that egoless space in you. And, and when you start, when you first start doing that, you, you it's going to be in small moments, but you have to catch yourself in that. Um, You can't, you can't just use, um, like you can't just say, I'm going to go find that space. It, it just kind of happens to you and you have to notice it, but the more you do it and the more you notice it, then the more often it will have and the bigger, those spaces will open up. And he talks, he actually talks about meditation because, You can meditate to find those spaces, but that ritual meditation, like if you're just doing it every day, then it's really not the same thing. It's not creating that space. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, because then you're
2: only doing it when you're meditating. It needs to be constantly throughout your day when you're driving be present, yes. Right, and not be like, oh, that person is a terrible driver. Get out of my way.
0: Which is what I was doing
2: today. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Don't comment. Don't let your
0: mind comment.
2: Don't judge. And goes
0: back to that thing. Don't call it good or bad.
2: Mm-hmm. Don't label
0: it because right. once you label That's it, That's really,
2: it, what it is is it, it. Your mind is constantly going. It's judging and making commentary on everything. Your mind has to label
0: everything. It puts everything in a box. It labels everything. And if you can cease to label it and let it just be. It will start to be more silent. Right. Um, And then he says the greatest impediment to the discovery of your inner space is to become so enthralled by the experience that you lose yourself in it. And I think that goes back to the meditation too. If you're so enthralled by the act of meditation and finding that inner space, then you lose yourself in the meditation. That's like,
2: don't think, don't think, don't think, don't think. It really is. You're thinking,
0: don't think. Right. Yeah. So, um. The, and he he actually addresses a little bit of, about addictions too, and I think this is important because we talked about the food addictions. Uh, addictions don't have to be necessarily um, drugs or alcohol mm. or sex or whatever. There's a yeah. lot of things that people are addicted to. Shopping. So see, he's he's talking about if you notice a compulsive need arising in you. Stop and take three conscious breaths. And that's the kind of breath where you stop and you're paying attention to your brain is focusing on the feeling of the air coming into your body and the feeling of the air passing out of your body. That's all you're paying attention to. You're not thinking about anything. You're just thinking about the air passing into and passing out of your body and do that three times. Then for a few minutes, be aware of the compulsive urge itself as an energy field inside you. So that compulsion is an energy that's driving you to go do that thing. So take that, take those three breaths and that kind of recenters you in the now, and then realize that that, that compulsion is is an energy field inside you and, and don't. It's all, it's like, it's your ego
2: saying, Oh, I get this good feeling whenever I drink alcohol. So instead of studying for my exam, which isn't that fun, I want
1: to go drink alcohol. So it mm-hmm. you're, yeah. com- you have that compulsion. Right. right. And, uh, I really, like, I, I realize that I do that a lot because I am, <clears throat> I mean, there are things that I compulsively do, but one of those things is that I like to compulsively shop, mm-hmm. especially if I have money. So, like, on payday, you know, it's, um I have to, like... I, I make all these plans like, Oh, I'm gonna go to this store, I'm gonna go to that store. You're compulsively I'm gonna go
2: on. Yeah, you're compulsive. making plans.
1: And so like when I like get on there to like <clears throat> shop or whatever, like online or or I get in the car to drive to the store, I stop and I have to think to myself, like, okay, do I really need to go to Bath and Body Works again this month? I haven't even used the lotion that I already bought. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I have to like, um, talk myself down from the compulsive. Right. And he's talking about
0: before you ever get in the, the minute you feel that compulsion, before you even think about getting in the car, the minute you feel that desire to go do that, stop, take those deep breaths and realize that that's an energy in your, the, you know, your ego is what has created that energy in you. And and just feel it and let it go, you know? So, um, he talks about ways that people unconsciously try to emphasize their form identity. And we talked, you started talking about this earlier. Yeah. And I promised that we would come back to it. So, um, he, he made a list of things and I want to read through these because, um, this is kind of getting close to the end of this discussion, but I really want to get to these. So, um, Here's, here's the things that he says people unconsciously try to emphasize their form identity, demanding recognition for something and getting angry or upset if you don't get it right. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've probably all been guilty of that. I did all that work and my boss didn't even say one thing about it, or he thanked so and so for, um, doing the work and I was the one who did most of it.
1: Yeah. Right. right. I mean, I I did that the other day when when I think and when I text you and I'm like, did you
0: like my blog? (laughs) I'm like,
1: I want to hear the good, positive reinforcement that that is. (laughs) And I
0: I try to remember to tell you that that was a good, good blog, you know, but the. But the thing is, sometimes I'm writing it, you know, I'm proofreading you really late at night. Yeah. And I'm just like trying to get it out to you so you can hurry up, you know, and and get it posted or whatever. So, but that totally is an egoic thing. And I do that too. You know, when I, Mm. when my husband comes in and I've rearranged something or cleaned up an area of the house, I want him to come in the door and go, oh, wow, look at what you did. And when he doesn't do it, I'm like. Did you notice that I did this? You know, so, so we all do that one to some extent. Um, Here's another one. Trying to get attention by talking about your problems, the story of your illnesses, or making a scene. How many people do we know that's done that? I, I know I've probably done it too, but I know a lot of people who really focus on, Trying to, I mean, they they just come out of the. I just you got to know all these problems. Feel sorry for me. These are all these terrible things that happened to me, and, um, you know, that's a way of of that's their identity is all these their victims. Like, uh, all the yeah, uh, the victim mentality. All yes, the bad things totally. that have all happened. All bad things over and over and, and they over. you know they just they always mm-hmm. want to talk about their problems. but then when you go to talk about your problems, they don't have time for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. and definitely. <laughs>
0: yeah I get those people a lot. yeah um, I think it's because I'm a good listener and I don't mind listening to people's problems. we've all got problems, but um, I think there are some people who compulsively, do that, you know, and um, they want that. I don't um, think they realize that they do. I don't think so they, they realize
2: no, that they do. you can't think maliciously about no, them. No, you can't. No, that's no, their, their ego. Can't blame them for their
1: it. Their ego. It's it just, is their I, ego. Right. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna tell all my problems and then not listen to anybody. Right. No. no, right. no. right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is an evil villain right there. Yes. Okay. Ah. <laughs> here's here's another one. Giving your opinion when nobody has asked for it. And it makes no difference to the situation. I'm probably notorious Oh, gosh, that. I do this all the time. I'm, you know, some news article. Well, this is what we should just do. We should just do that. You know, I've, uh, you know, just been outraged about, well, this stupid actor, if he'd have done this, then this wouldn't have happened, you know, to him. Or the government should go shut down this whatever or, you know. We all have opinions about yeah. things, things in the news, things, you know, things in our lives, things that we see around us. And we're always offering those opinions to other people. And that is a form of, you know, we're, it's form yeah. That's
2: literally like the road rage when you're driving and you're like, God, you're such a jerk. Get out of my way. That's literally your opinion. It's useless. Yes. yes. It <laughs>
1: serves no
0: purpose.
1: Yeah. Like they can't hear you. Or you're in they the car. Sh- <laughs> sh- they
0: shouldn't let people drive unless they can do whatever. Well, does your opinion <laughs> count for that? No, no, not at all. I mean. <laughs> so uh, here's another one. Being more concerned with how the other person sees you than with the other person. Mm -hmm. you're not really concerned about their happiness their well-being you're just concerned about how they see you
1: yeah Uh, everybody's guilty
0: of that i think so i think we're all guilty of all of these actually okay here's Mm -hmm. another one trying to make an impression on others through possessions knowledge good looks status Of course we do, you know. Oh, yeah, like literally
1: everybody, yeah.
0: (laughs) We, you know, we change the way we look. You know, we put on makeup and we buy nice Mm -hmm. clothes because we want people to look at us and go, dang, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: or, you know, people that, uh, oh, I'm so smart. I can answer this question before anybody else. Ha, ha,
0: ha. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, or the people who, um, buy fancy cars so they can show off. and
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Or like the big tricked out trucks oh, that yes. are like, like down downtown Dallas oh, yeah. that like I could drive my little or, tiny I mean, Corolla under. It could <laughs>
2: even just be, I don't want to drive that old beat up car because right. I don't want to look poor. Oh yeah. I don't want people to think it's I'm poor. It's not always yeah. just about being flashy. Sometimes right. it's just not
0: wanting to look um mm-hmm. some other way that you might feel as yeah. negative. Right. So, uh, here's another one, angry reactions against something or someone. That's to That's me. Just me a, and well, and that angry we all That have goes back to like reactions. the traffic thing like yeah. uh, Well, we all have angry reactions. Somebody says something, you know, that we perceive as rude or, you know, yeah, something doesn't go you're... our way. We get angry. We all get angry. You react. Uh, you react. Think, yes. Um, so so that reaction thing, you know, somebody somebody bumps into you and you go, you know. You know, yeah. you turn and look at them and give them the... Rude.
1: Rude. Yeah, that, That's like every eighth grade Excuse fight me. that happens at school. Like somebody touched somebody's sneaker wrong. Uh, yes. Or bumped so, into them, looked so at them weird. We were and like, why, it's why are you like-
0: touching sneakers? And that goes back <laughs> well, to you know, something. Well, you like yeah. stepped
1: on their new shoe or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah.
0: That's something we talked about earlier in this Eckhart Tolle series is that um, if you realize that those things aren't intentional, if you if you're reacting to someone else's egoic behavior, then you're just feeding that egoic behavior. And, but if you just realize that it's coming from their ego, that they're not really bad people, they're just, their ego did whatever it was, then why bother about it? Then why be mad? Then you're Mm -hmm. But if you get mad about it, then you are equally being egoic. So, um, oh, here's another taking things personally, feeling offended. That kind of goes right into it. If somebody accidentally steps on your shoe and you're acting like they did it on purpose, they didn't step on your shoe on purpose. They didn't mean to step on your brand new shoe. It just happened, you know, but I know a lot of people and I've probably done it too many times. That I, I took something that someone said. How rude and inconsiderate of you. Yeah. Well, or yeah. I took, I took it personally. They said something and I was like, that it really hurt my what feelings. about me? Right. It's all about me. What about me? Right. <laughs> and then, you know, and feeling offended by something someone says and they, you know, maybe they didn't mean to offend you. They just said it a way that you didn't like, you know, um, that, that's one of those things. Um, how about making yourself right and others wrong through complaining? Because we talked about that one too on yeah. one of these, that complaining is actually making yourself better than those other people. If I am right. complaining about the service at the restaurant, then I am implying that by default better. that I'm better. I I don't deserve their treatment. Or that I could do a better job as a waitress than they could. Uh-huh. I wouldn't do that if I was the waitress. So,
1: yeah, yeah. That and then in, in that moment, it's just like, well, you know, maybe <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the waitress in no, that situation. True.
0: That is, uh, very true. you know,
1: <laughs> I wouldn't want to get up and serve tables.
0: Yeah. So maybe I
1: shouldn't complain. Be,
0: being a little more patient with the, with people, you know. Um, wanting to be seen or to appear important and, and we kind of all do that. We get that little chip on our shoulder, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I was just thinking, you know, like when you, when you're young and you go to the club and you get let in, I'm important cause I'm a cute girl and the bouncer let me in, you know, or, um, I want the VIP spot, you know, at the bar or, um, walking into your church and like, I'm, the, I'm the deacon's wife or, you know, kind of wanting to be just kind of showing off. I'm, I'm the biggest donor to this hospital or to this charity or whatever. And you want people to treat you differently because you're more special than they are. You want to, you want to feel important. And that's an identity thing. You're definitely, identity. So here is the closing for this chapter. And this will be the closing sort of, of this episode. Okay. Um, and we're going to talk about, I mean, we're just going to kind of briefly touch on it. But once you've detected one of these patterns in yourself, find out what it feels like if you let go of that pattern, just drop it and see what happens. So the next time you catch yourself having an angry reaction or trying, uh, complaining or taking things personally or giving your opinion when nobody asked for it or trying to get attention or demanding recognition, just stop. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens.
2: Yeah, what would happen if I went my entire commute without looking at someone as i drove past him because they were driving too slow or what are you doing you dummy (laughs) right imagine what my drive would be like if i didn't have any of those unpleasant thoughts it would be a happy drive it would be be less
1: less stressful
0: what if you just walk into that church without being putting on the air, you would be or, present for you, the sermon, right? And not yeah, not sitting worrying there about. looking to see if people are looking at you. Mm-hmm. What What if you just don't complain about the slow wait staff and just enjoy the time that you're sitting there enjoy with your the friends, enjoy the meal with your enjoy friend. your meals with your friends. I mean,
1: you you should definitely. I don't know. I think especially if you're going to go like out with your friends or go out to dinner or go out on a date, I feel like people rush through that. You oh, know I what think I mean? So too,
0: yeah. It's just
1: like mmm, bite 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 uh, and then sometimes the servers try to rush you through it also cuz they want to get if more every people in. Every time you in. took
2: a bite of your food, you actually chewed it thoroughly and, and just, tasted just it instead
1: of
0: wolfing it. it down? I do that. I'm sorry. I did. Everybody <laughs> is guilty of that. I, I'm a their slow food. eater.
1: I'm, I am I blame like um like the like school mine christians yes. <laughs> yes i was exactly gonna That's, say that i hear a lot of people like talk uh, about school lunches 10 minutes like 30 minutes to go to the research so to you recess can go play. yeah Thirty minutes for recess and eating. You right. know what I mean. You want to. You want as much time right. recess as possible. You know, You're going to shove the food in your mouth.
0: I. You know when I was in school as a kid, and I. I we're totally getting off of the thing here, but I. I want to mention that because it drives me crazy. When I was a kid, we had a much longer lunch period, and and we did. We went in and we had we. The teacher took us through the line. We got our food. We got mm-hmm. to eat. We ate our food. And then we went outside and we had a nice long thing. And I want to say even up into junior high and high school, we had at least 45 minutes for lunch. And then, and I don't know Uh, why they've gotten short. I think they're trying to get more classes in the daytime or, you know, in the, in the schedule without having the kids stay at school longer or something, because we had a good 45 minutes for lunch and we would go through the line and, and you had plenty of time to go hang out outside or whatever. And I think they're doing kids a real disservice by one, making them eat so fast because that is so bad for you. Mm-hmm. It is, you're not able to be mindful of your food and you're, um, it, well, I, it's just, you're not chewing it well and it doesn't digest well. It is mm-hmm. not good for you. And then number two, they're taking away part of that downtime that they need because they need that the space, that space to silent, to space. yes, to decompress between their between class or whatever. So um, I know that's totally off topic, but I had to put that in there. I'm that's my offering my opinion without. Anyone, asking. anyone asking for it or <laughs> without, um, it making any difference to the outcome because nobody will change any of that. With <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: But, um, again, once it, he says, if you, if you detect one of those things, um, in your behaviors, the minute you find it, stop and just let it go and don't, don't react to it. Don't do anything. Just let it be. And that is what starts the diminishment of the ego. That is what kills the ego because the ego must react because that's the only way the ego can survive is if it keeps perpetuating those things. And I think that's a great place to leave this. Um, yes. We will finish up chapters nine and 10 on our next bonus episode. And um, so go read those chapters and please head over to the MMC chat group, which you can find on our Facebook page. And um, the links are on our website at modernmusings.net. And we want you to, to tell us, What things you got out of this um, episode, out of these two chapters, did, did we miss something important that you thought we should have talked about, or do you have any commentary on any of the things that we did mention and uh, go ahead and share that with us there. And we look forward to hearing from you. And while you're at it, go give us some thumbs up or likes or stars or reviews or whatever on the podcast. We need we need your reviews. We need your opinions. Our ego needs your reviews. Yes, yes our, our, it does. our ego.
1: <laughs> feed the ego. So
0: uh, we need we need that so that we can get out there and be seen by other people. So yeah. um, feed our ego. <laughs> so um, great thanks to Red Door Studios and Creative Audio Tech. And you have a great day. We'll catch you next time. bye. bye. bye.